And bouncing from school to school, my brother and I learned very quickly to make friends, to remake friends, to make friends, to remake friends. So our friendships didn't last very long, but we did rely on our family, our inner core, right? My mom, my dad, my brother, and myself. I remember that I was very driven at a very early age. I moved schools a lot, like I said, but I was still National Honor Society, varsity cheerleader. I was picked on a lot, actually, in in high school and middle school. And I said, screw it anyway. So I still went forward and and continued doing what I wanted to do in school. And I graduated with double honors and things things were going well. You know, I thought that I was going to go to HPU. That's where I wanted to go and cheerlead and go to college. And lo and behold, things happen in your life. And when I was auditioning, I should say, because it's, you know, tryouts, but it's really an audition for cheerleading. Uh, When I was trying out for the team in in Idaho for college, they grounded me, which meant that I wasn't able to fly. So I said, screw you guys, I'm not going to do this. And my entire trajectory of my life changed. Now, I've always had a heart for theater. So I really capitalized on that and decided I was going to move my happy little butt to Hollywood, California. And that's what I did. I packed up my car, packed up my bags, and moved to Hollywood when I was 20 years old. And things were going well. I I began starring in independent plays and films, and I thought that I was on my way to stardom. And in 2011, I was introduced to a guy who swept me off my feet, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, an entrepreneur, was very wealthy, and began courting me, sent me flowers and gifts every day, took me to the movies and took me to concerts and plays and flew me around in a in a private jet, right? And I thought that this man was somebody that I was going to marry. I saw the happily ever after that I saw with my parents in this possibility, right? We'll call him Paul. And for the first four months, it was all courting and all, you know, you're amazing and you're beautiful and I believe in you. And it was interesting, he told me how great of an actress I was without actually seeing me act. And four months into that relationship, he had actually isolated me to the point where I was head over heels, I was going to move in with him, and he had pushed me through a wall so hard that my head went through it. And I remember stepping forward and looking behind me at the indentation, and all I could think was I need to patch this, not I need to run away. See, I didn't understand that was the beginning stages of domestic violence. I didn't see it growing up. I had no idea. So I ended up staying with Paul for four years. During those four years, I endured beatings that lasted longer than four hours, sexual abuse, emotional manipulation, and financial abuse. Oftentimes, people don't talk about that component. When I finally had the courage to leave, now this is six, seven times after trying to escape, I sat in front of my computer and I just began to document things that happened. My mom and dad raised me to be a strong, independent woman. So when I read back to myself what I had written, I was very awestruck that it was me that I was reading about. I was like, how is this me? You know, my parents didn't raise me like this. How how did an affluent woman get trapped in this type of relationship? See, most people don't think that that's a possibility. And lo and behold, more affluent women are trapped in abusive relationships than we care to realize. 
And I actually wrote a one-woman play called But I Love Him in 2016, performing that the White Fire Solo Fest and then later on that year at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. And it was 65 minutes of dialogue of me playing roughly 13 characters on stage and beating myself up on stage. I showed what Paul did to me, and I acted it out. And after the play, every single time I performed it, people came up to me and told me their stories of abuse. And I knew that my story was too big not to share. I knew that I had a calling to do something more. So I knew I wanted to dedicate my life to helping survivors and helping end this this epidemic going on in, in the world. And so I started interviewing with different nonprofits. I volunteered on Skid Row for about six months in Los Angeles with an amazing organization called the Downtown Women's Center. I volunteered and flew up to Oakland to work with another nonprofit. Now, I felt God's presence within these organizations, but I didn't feel like this was where I was supposed to be. So I literally walked around one day in San Francisco having my glass of Chardonnay on Pier 39 with my clam chowder, and this gentleman came up to me, and we began speaking, and he told me, you need to start a nonprofit, and I said, well, that's not the first time I heard it, so now it's time I should listen, and that's what I did. I did the paperwork, and I had met a Ghanaian doctor in Los Angeles who said, please go to my country, and that's what I did. I packed my bags and flew to Ghana. We were 501c3 within a month, and I was in Ghana two months later. And from there, we've now expanded from Ghana to Sierra Leone and Rwanda, and we have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors in 2022 and did a four-city tour called The Blanket of Hope to help collaboration, community, and commitment within organizations and be able to provide job opportunities using Amazon workforce staffing in Tampa, Dallas, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles. And I've been speaking on stages worldwide. I began speaking in 2019, and I haven't stopped. I've been on well over 200 different platforms, live and virtual. And also in 2019, I published my first book called But I Love Him, which is very similar to the play, but it's actually what happened. There's not theatrical experiences and uh, names and dates have been changed, but it is my my true encounter of a lot of the horror that I experienced in that relationship. And now I coach people. I help people to overcome challenges, have tremendous breakthroughs, teach people to use philanthropy within their LLC or corporations and why having a nonprofit can accentuate you and why people want to be attracted to somebody who gives back to society. And I'm super excited, you know, working with different TV shows now and, and working real hard to to grow unsilenced voices so we can help and encourage not only thousands of individuals, but hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around the world. So that's kind of me in a nutshell, Dory. I'm super excited to be on here and to answer any questions that I know you have for me. And if any of the viewers have questions, you can always find me at unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org. You can come anonymously if you are going through abuse. And you can also come uh, as yourself, ask any questions or seek any advice that you, you might be looking for. Michelle, the work that you're doing is so remarkable to me. 
the fact that you have taken this on a global level, and it's amazing because here in the U.S., the abuse that women go through in Africa, in other countries, I don't think that we in the U.S. really even fathom it's some a of the depth. Yeah, there, there's a lot of cultural differences. So when we work overseas, we don't bring Western ideas and ideology to these other nations and these other countries. What we do is we bring education. So we talk about why it's important to view women as an equal per se. I know, you know, there's strengths that are different for both men and women, but we're both human, men and women, and, and we both need to be treated with the same amount of respect. So we come in and teach this. We teach that women are not property in uh, some of these villages that we have gone into, they believe that their wives are their property. A lot of women, especially in the Timene tribe in northern Ghana, have came to our team and asked our team, well, if, if my husband doesn't beat me, it means he doesn't love me. It's the education component. You don't know what you don't know. So once you're able to teach and learn, then you're able to work together, men and women, side by side. And that's what we're seeing a lot in Sierra Leone. I, I love Sierra Leone. That is where my heart and soul is. I actually get to go back now in 2023 in February, and we will be building an infrastructure with a TV show called The Fixers, where we get to really help one of the villages that we support. But the people are beautiful, and now that they're learning that sexual abuse is not okay, that that women can you know speak and can have their own businesses. We have over 26 girls in a vocational training center right now in Sierra Leone where they're learning skills and crafts, learning to make their own money instead of being sold on the street for sex, instead of having to do sex work. A lot of our girls are age range of 12 to 19. Even I've got a 33-year-old woman that we help and the mass majority of them, I'd say 99% of them have been sexually assaulted many of them in domestic violence relationships, a lot of them have children. And now they're advocates with us on the street. They go with our team, our manager and our supervisors, and they go advocate to villages, market women, other sex workers about how it's important to take your power back. And men are now with us. You know, the men are coming alongside us. Our sensitization programs are both men and women and all of the countries that, that we go to because it's not only a women's issue, it's a human rights issue. This oftentimes happens to men as well, as you know, Dory, specifically in first world countries like the U.S., the U.K., Canada, you name it. A lot of men have experienced domestic violence, but Primarily overseas, it is women, and it's, it's beautiful to see the transition, beautiful to see what these young girls have been able to do and accomplish. On that note, please think of what Michelle is saying as we take a moment to say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be back here in just a moment on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. 
Are you experiencing insomnia, brain fog, hot flashes, mood swings, and more? These are many of the symptoms women experience on a daily basis affecting the health of their brain and increasing the risk for dementias like Alzheimer's disease down the road. A healthy lifestyle can make a big difference for the health of the brain, but Brain Love Health took it further and created an innovative nutritional supplement, especially for women, to support us through this transitional time while also promoting better sleep and long-term brain health. Don't wait any longer to help your brain age well. Why let it deteriorate? The health of your brain is in your hands. To begin protecting it today, visit brainlovehealth.com. That's B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me, and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully, reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice. Because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back here on Word of Mom Radio with international philanthropist, speaker, author, and coach Michelle Jewsbury. And we are talking about her not-for-profit, Unsilenced Voices. And the work that she is doing, you know, Michelle, it really is so mind-blowing. Because, again, those cultural differences where in certain cultures, if my husband doesn't beat me, it means he doesn't love me. And how mindset and changing, it's amazing that men in different countries even want to hear what you're saying, let alone learn from you. How are you making that happen, Michelle? Well, a lot of our staff, for example, in Sierra Leone, two of our managers are men. And one of our supervisors is a woman, right? So it's the men who are advocating for the other men. And, and those people are who they're going to listen to. So it's not me as a Caucasian blonde haired girl going in to these countries because they're not going to listen to me. The only reason why the women listen to me is because I'm a survivor myself. So then there's that rapport. And then from there, it's a domino effect. You know, it starts with one, then it goes to three, then it goes to seven, then you've got 15. There's over 50 girls on the wait list in Sierra Leone waiting to go through vocational training that want off the streets, that want help. And it's wonderful. However, it's still so sad because we can't help everybody. And unfortunately, funding is necessary in all nonprofits. It's a necessary evil, but we really can't help everybody without funding. And that's what we're working on, right? That's 
that's what we are really building is a community of people who want to give back but want to be a part of this movement, right? Because this is not about me, Dory. This is about the hundreds of thousands and millions of people worldwide that we can help and support. Uh, Unsilenced Voices, yes, is my baby, but it's not me. It's God's organization. It is an organization for the people. That's what we're hoping and continuing to hope and pray and, and work so hard towards. So it's, it's wonderful and beautiful to see. For me, the name, just Unsilenced Voices, because so many people, especially women, scream in silence. They really do. They scream in silence. They hide in their closet and cry and then dry their tears and do what they have to do because they don't think anybody's going to hear their voice. You know, it's interesting. When I first started uh, the concept of maybe I should start this on my own organization, you know, after I talked to this gentleman in San Francisco and uh, I was a bartender at the time and bartenders are therapists. So I had a lot of people that came in and I poured their Jack and Cokes or I poured their beers and we just sat and chit chatted and talked about, okay, Michelle, what are you doing? And I said, well, I feel like I'm, I'm called to start a nonprofit. And now I got to, I get to think about the name. So I started throwing ideas off at the people at the bar, right? So they were my first board of directors was my bar guests and they really helped to, okay, what about this name? What about that name? And a lot of these people were successful in their own way, even if they wanted to come in and have a cocktail. But that's the beauty of it, right? We could collectively come up with something that could impact not only affluent individuals, but have a catchy name that also impacts people who, who may not understand what domestic violence is, who may not understand that their voices are being silenced. And when you start off with unsilenced, then it makes you think, oh, am I being silenced in any way? Can I open my mouth and speak? And this is what it's all about. You know, once one person speaks up, then another person feels encouraged to speak up. And then the epidemic can change because we're all talking about things that we've gone through. When you talk about men and women that deal with domestic violence, I was wondering, is it more women not speaking up out of fear where men don't speak up out of shame? Well, I often see a lot more men not speaking up because of shame, right? A lot of men don't want to say, hey, my wife just hit me or my wife threw a plant or spit on me or she's financially abusing me. A lot of women, you're fearful of your life and you're also fearful of your status in a sense. The affluent women that I've been privileged to speak to that have experienced abuse and domestic violence who may or may not still be with their abusers they feel trapped. They feel like that they have to stay because they have a stigma about them because they're part of this relationship. And oftentimes they're considered a power couple and the main power source, primarily that man, and he will tell the woman, if you ruin this, I'm going to have you killed. My abuser used to tell me I will stick two by fours on your feet and throw you over on the Pacific Ocean. And so there is that fear component for sure for women. And I think that it is more shame for men. I think that you are correct, Dory. How do you find the courage? How do you, especially in that kind of an abusive relationship where somebody is threatening your life, how did you finally find the courage to get out? 
proper planning. So a lot of people are like, just leave, just leave. Well, unfortunately, as many of you may be listening, know that if you leave a domestic violence relationship, that is when is most critical for you to stay safe because this is also the time where most victims die, that the abusers will come after you and actually kill you. So it's planning. I remember I I started sticking credit cards in my boots when I went out with him. And when he blew up on me, I actually had an escape. I could go to a Best Western or I could go to a hotel and, and leave that situation. But I actually started to accumulate some cash. So I was never allowed to work. However, I used to clean up every morning, so put away his clothes and things like that. And he had some cash in his pockets, and I would save that cash. So when I was ready to leave and it was safe for me to exit, I had some type of financial backing. Now, a lot of women don't have that. There are so many shelters, so many organizations, especially in the United States, that you just reach out to and they can help you. The Downtown Women's Center is one of them. I I love the Downtown Women's Center, what they stand for. They primarily deal with housing women who are on the streets, but unfortunately, over 30% of the women who are on Skid Row are there because of domestic violence issues. So it's all about that proper planning and having the courage, right? Just taking that fresh breath and saying, I'm going to do it. No matter how clammy your hands get, no matter how many butterflies are in your stomach, I'm going to escape right now because I know he's gone for X amount of time and I'm safe to leave and just doing it. You wonder how you get to that place where that switch flips from I can't get out to I have to get out and that no matter what, you're going to get out. And it's so pivotal that people know that there are organizations, that there are places like this that are going to help. Because so often you just feel like nobody understands, nobody's going to believe me because, I mean, you know, look at wives of police officers, some of the biggest, you know, when you look at it in a demographic group, and it's not saying all, but a lot. And here you are trying to report your husband to the police force he works on. Yeah. And it's like being in the military where they're telling women, well, you know, you want to go forward, that's great, but there goes your career. So, you know, it's better to just be silent and sweep it under the rug. And it's amazing because women will tell other women this. Yeah. You know, that, look, if you want to have a career, then you're just going to need to suck it up. And it's very important to listen to your own intuition. So, yes, people are going to tell you that. People are going to tell you that you're not strong enough to leave, that you have to say that you can't speak up. However, if you feel in your heart If you pray about this and you know, whether you pray to Buddha or Jesus, if you know that this is something that that you need to do, that you have to leave, that you have to shed light to what's happening with you, then you do it because people will be on your side, especially in this day and age, right? I honestly, I mean, this is a whole nother podcast. I think that we've, we've swung the pendulum too far the other side. We have demasculated a lot of men, unfortunately. However, our voices are being hurt. Women's voices are being heard right now. And, you know, I'm I'm just going to jump in real fast. The women who are lying or who are pushing the envelope, per se, are making it even 
harder for those who are actually experiencing really bad, severe abuse. And I, I, I'd really highly recommend you not do that. And if you are experiencing abuse, then make sure to get out because there are places that can help. As we're wrapping this up, and I, I wish we just were going to keep going and going and going. I know. I could keep talking too, Dory. <laughs> you know what? You're going to have to come back. We should make a series out of this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we really should. Wherever you are, that's thank goodness for Zoom, to be able to record. But please let everyone know how they can reach out to you and what do you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, definitely. And again, thank you so much for listening. And Dory, thank you so much for having me on. You can find me, like I said earlier, on at unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org. That is also where you can find out information about what we are doing with Unsilenced Voices, about how you can donate, and how you can volunteer. We specifically are looking for volunteers for research and development constantly to help us obtain grants and to acquire donors and sponsorships. So if that is something that you are great at, please reach out. Uh, if you are interested in programs and other services, private coaching, you can go to unsilencemyvoice.com. Again, it's unsilencemyvoice.com. And one more thing, Dory, I do have a free gift. So if you are out there and you're experiencing obstacles and you're not really sure how to break free, this free gift will help you to overcome some of these challenges. It's a five-step process, very visual, so it's pictures. Uh, if you text the word UNITE, U-N-I-T-E, to 26786, again, text UNITE, U-N-I-T-E, to 26786, you'll receive a complimentary digital download of that. And uh, to leave your listeners, Dory, I often end with a quote. So if you've ever heard the movie or seen the movie, Finding Nemo, there's a fish in the movie called Dory. And Dory is kind of an airhead. And Dory gets lost all the time. And Dory always sings to herself, just keep swimming. So I encourage you, you who are listening, you who maybe scared or in the midst of, of an obstacle or a situation that you feel trapped in to just keep swimming, just keep going because your life matters and your voice matters. Michelle, I'm really honored to have you as a friend, to get to meet you, to watch this journey, to be able to share it. We will be sharing unsilenced voices in a commercial in every one of our shows forever because people need to know that they don't need to scream in silence. They need to know that their voices can be heard. So I thank you for the commitment that you have to the women and the men on a global level that need to reclaim their own self again. So I thank you and I applaud you for what you're doing and the courage that you have to have gotten yourself not only out of a situation, but you've turned it into a power to Thanks. help others. It's pretty remarkable. Thanks. It takes a village. It takes a village. So I appreciate you, Dory. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And for all of you tuning in, please know that you do not have to suffer in silence. Reach out. Just reach out. Please reach out. That's, that's all I can say. And, and I thank you for listening. We're going to close out with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. So till next time, this is Dory DiCarlo saying go out and create a marvelous you.
Bye for now. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true.